Greetings, super friends. Welcome to Superman and Lois and Pals. I'm Henry Bernstein, and alongside me is my favorite super pal, Professor Sam Brody. Hello, Sam. Hey, Henry. You're wearing a Superman shirt today. You got a half Clark, half Superman thing, graphic tee going on. I like it. That's true. It was not even on purpose. You're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, usually when I do these things, I definitely do them on purpose. That's amazing. That, that's so much better. I love unintentionally wearing a Superman's shirt when appropriate. So we were on a little break. Hope you had a nice Passover. Lately, we've been like doing these right away, like right when we see the the episode the next day. But we couldn't yesterday, not because, you know, baby, kid stuff, work thing, but because, <laughs> Sam, you were watching Superman 3, the movie. That was why you couldn't record about Superman and Lois and Pals. You said to me, we started, Carrie and I started Superman 3 and we were gonna finish it tonight. That's true. (laughs) And if there is anything that like, in my mind and my heart would sum up how how, like the, the sort of like soul of this podcast, is that we couldn't do a Superman thing because one of us was doing a Superman thing. Yeah, just a different Superman thing. Gotta do the different Superman thing sometimes. And who am I, lowly mortal from planet Earth, to argue with we are gonna do a Christopher Reeve Superman thing, so I Mm -hmm. can't do your modern Superman thing. Yeah. It's funny because Superman 3 has been on my mind recently too, because in the last year, my friends Rob Kelly and Chris Franklin do this podcast called Superman Movie Minute where they go through each Superman movie uh, every five minutes at a time. And they're not doing Superman 4, unfortunately. They they were so kind to... I was a big fan of the, the first two seasons and they were kind to invite me on. And I appeared on the episode talking about what I think is the second best scene in the movie, which mm. is... Uh, the first best scene is obviously Christopher Reeve versus Christopher Reeve. It's just... It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um in both its silliness and acting and special practical effects, frankly, you know. But the second best um, scene is uh, when Lana and um, Clark are having a picnic with Ricky and Buster. And first of all, the chemistry of Christopher Reeve and Annette O'Toole is undeniable. They could, you could argue they have better chemistry than uh, Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve. And he is acting, he is doing something that, um, you know, Christopher Reeve does such an amazing job of being Superman and as you like to call him, Bronze Age Clark, right? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, and this goes back obviously to that scene from Superman 1 that people always post of him, you know, literally growing two feet, you know, to be Superman in Lois' apartment. Um, But here he plays a third version of Clark and that's what, Clark actually is probably this Clark is actually probably really like like with his parents mm-hmm. where he's just comfortable with himself a little nerdy because he's still a farm boy mm-hmm. but not afraid to flirt a little bit and just kind of like a sweet guy that yeah I should settle down with this guy he's mm-hmm. really got his shit together right and so that's why I love that scene so much and why I think arguably it's the second best scene because again I mean no surprise it's Reeve and and Annette O'Toole is just adorable in this movie. So, I don't know, what, what did you think about Superman 3 and what did Carrie think? How did, did you make any connections to Superman and Lois while watching? 
Well, it, we made, the only connection to make was the fact that we've been constantly hoping that they won't do the Lana Lois love triangle. And it does seem like they're staying away from it. But like, there's only one hint of that in this movie because Lois isn't in this movie until right. the last second um, and the first minute. But um, so not really on that score. But my second favorite scene, which is just completely related to like what I do for my job, is the scene where they show Lorelai Ambrosia reading the critique of Pure Reason. And, and she, hiding it under the pillow, not well. Right. And 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 she like looks up and says, How can you say, say that your categories have no meaning in transcendental logic? What about synthetic unity? Which is actually a question that makes sense if you understand Kant. It's like not complete nonsense. Um, and so they by doing that turn Lorelei into like another version of Superman. Yeah. So like she's like a parallel to him because she's playing a Clark Kent role all the right. time where she's dumb. Right. It's a shame they didn't do more with that in that movie. They wasted time yeah. with other stuff. I mean, they thought this was going to be like Richard Pryor, just you'll come on set and just be Richard Pryor. But they actually didn't mm -hmm. know how to write for him. So he wasn't that funny and is mm -hmm. very awkward in it. Yeah, I mean, there was like one scene, like the one after um, the he stops the... Um, you know, weather event in Columbia where Richard Pryor is like describing how cool it was to see Superman. And he's like basically doing a bit. And I thought that that was sort of maybe what the writer's idea had been like that. He should be doing something like that. The whole movie, like do your bits, bits. do right. your bits, yeah. do they, your bits. They, they thought he was going to like ad lib. He's like, I'm an actor. Like he gave me a script. It was like, missing a lot, though. Like, they should have had him do a bit about how Superman sucked at the beginning, first of all. Like, it would be very expected and realistic from the audience's perspective to see Richard Pryor's character do a whole bit about how he doesn't care about Superman because Superman sucks. And Superman, and then, like, Superman's not helping him get a job, right? Exactly, exactly. Right. That was like, so it would have been, it was such a gimme. It was would have been so obvious to do, and it would have made the character arc much better yeah. right and they just like skipped it because they like were basically not try trying that hard <laughs> right uh, I, I, they were i mean no there's some things in the movie that are unforgivable like the the opening scene not the tv opening scene but the tv broadcast opening scene, but the m film opening scene with the like silliness in metropolis it's like mr mcspitalix basically came to town for one day like the right. animated stopped lights like that is in uh, that jokes is, about the blind guy yeah i I'm mean sorry unforgivable no, you can't do that cool like, rescue no. for superman peeling off a window <laughs> and you know and, and, and then the get, dude floods his own car yeah fire it, it was just so stupid and then i mean you do get a cool the, the superman taking pictures uh is cool um yeah that's a cool little bit the tearing off the the change i would love that would be such a good um but like, what if they did a Star Wars movie where instead of having the scroll at the beginning with the story telling you what happens in the episode, it just was like a bunch of Jawas on Tatooine falling into garbage cans. Right, like, right. I mean, it was no. just, what were they trying to do there? Yeah. And, and you know, and I was, all the good stuff is, re I think all the good stuff in the movie is really good. Like the Superman rescues are great. The, um, you know, it's lame that they didn't just totally lean into it and make the robot brainiac. Like, that was... Totally well, you know, that was, like, a, the original treatment for the right. movie. And it right. wouldn't have been good by, if they had done that. Like, 
I mean, I would have liked to see Brainiac, but the version that they had yeah. been planning on doing would have sucked a lot. They didn't have so it. So I'm that, they, kind of fine with the fact that it was only like a weird ghost of Brainiac. Right. Like a ghost of the idea of Brainiac. They need, yeah, they needed Donner to pull that off. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that movie was, yeah, it just, it's not a good movie, but like, you know, Reeves' performance is fantastic. And like, so let me ask you this. This is one of the things they talk about on uh, that Chris and Rob talk about on their podcast is, do you think that Clark and Superman are having this struggle in their mind or that there's actual some sort of physical um, separation that happens where they fight each other? Let me tell you why this question is unanswerable. Because evil Superman doesn't wash his costume. It is noticeably darker in color. And when he is drunk and stumbling out of that bar, he is wearing the colors of dark Superman. And when he lands in that yard, he's wearing those colors. And at the end of the fight after Clark Kent triumphs, the costume has been cleaned up. And he flies away as Superman. And in neither version, whether it's in his head or whether it really happened physically, can that outcome be accounted for? So it's just, it's nonsense any way you look at it. So it's just like, I'll just think it's ineffable. It's ineffable. (laughs) It's just like maybe the red kryptonite, or not red kryptonite, the synthetic kryptonite, whatever. Uh, The the kryptonite also cleaned up his costume. I don't know, but that's why I could never, I could never resolve the issue to to any satisfaction. So you, but you've thought to, you've thought about that issue. I did think about it. Yes, is this really happening, or is it in his head? Right. I mean, as a kid, I never thought about it. It was just cool to Superman, you know, bad Superman versus good Superman fighting, which is cool. And it, only as an adult rewatching that movie a couple times, like, oh, right, that's an. It, it, to me, it was just it was an inner struggle. The inner was, struggle interpretation makes sense because it's spurred by Lana's son. Like, you can beat him, him, Superman. Yeah. It'll be great again. <laughs> You'll make yeah. Superman It'll great, be great again. again. Yeah, that was that. That hit different now, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which kid in Superman is uh, more annoying? Uh, the kid who was on the Niagara Falls who falls in, played by Hadley K. Uh, Lana's kid or uh, Jeremy from Superman 4. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Lana Lang's children on Superman and Lois are way better than Lana Lang's child in <laughs> yeah. Superman 3. Yeah, Ricky. Poor Ricky. He's just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, not, to, uh, not to segue too, obviously. But... Right, right, right. No, totally. I mean, well, so did, I mean, did Carrie enjoy herself watching this? I assume she'd never seen so. it. I think so. Right. No, she'd never seen it. Well, she was, well, she just wanted to watch something lighter. I mean, she wanted to see the Batman and she liked it, but I think she was just like, yeah, that movie was like unrelentingly grim, you know? Right. I mean, it did actually relent a little at the end. Right. Uh, but, uh, but it takes three the hours. The thing about get... the Christopher Reeve Supermans is that they're bright. Right. And, they are upbeat even when there's like a problem happening. So uh, it was like, that's what she wanted. So I think she did like it. Great. Although it was not good and that was clear to everyone. Yeah, it's not good. Well, for the for the TV broadcast, the ABC TV broadcast where they extended it, there's, you know, there are other, there's more of it. They did add the John Williams theme in space at the beginning to that. But they've mm-hmm. never released that version in the way that they did release the TV international edit uh, on Blu-ray of Superman 1 uh, uh, recently. Superman. I was not aware of that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. 
three hours. Yeah, it's great. I mean, that's three hours that I want to watch. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Superman and Lois season two, episode 10, Bizarro's in Bizarro World. This was directed by Shaw Melito and written by Brent Fletcher and showrunner Todd Helbing. Superman races through the portal after Allie Alston, but when he arrives on the other side, he discovers everything on this parallel earth is bizarre. Navigating his way through deceivingly familiar faces and landscapes, Superman goes on one wild ride in his fight to stop Allie from merging. Great episode, right? Tell me you enjoyed watching this. I gave it a 10 the moment they showed me the cube planet. Thank you, the cube planet. We've and it was saying... just so, nothing else. To, and there were things I didn't like about it, but it right. was like, um, it was like an invincible, it was impossible to subtract. There was nothing that could take away from the cube planet. Sam, Sam, just in the canon of this little podcast of ours, ourselves, from the first episode, we've been talking about wanting some of that Silver Age zaniness and wondering if they can present it in a not cheesy way. And we got the cube planet and the red sun was cubed also. Yes, And it was. the glasses that they had were cubed. Everything that was supposed to be circle was cubed. I don't understand why everybody was like a sort of a weird, like emo Frank emo. Zappa person, but whatever. I don't care. Cube planet. Cube planet. Cube Thank planet. You. It was like, amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, there, were, there was actually some stuff I didn't like about it. Like, uh, you know, I didn't like how easily Bizarro Jonathan was like uh, recruited. Um, yeah. I did like the Superboy costume that they put him in the Superboy costume. Um, and then, can you get more 90s Superman than his S being the red blood death of yeah, Superman S? And backwards like, though. Like <laughs> yeah, and backwards, and yeah. he's wearing Doc Martens, which is yeah. so 90s. <laughs> um so you know that was a little whatever to me. And I also thought that like Anderson's mea culpa was like it was it was just like I don't get why you were ever that weird to begin with, man. Yeah, I, like, I didn't <laughs> I, I didn't get him. I said I said, uh, I was like, wait, why is he suddenly not on Allie's side? And then I was just kind of like, great, another random person knows Clark's identity. Cool. But like, why was he on her side to begin? It seemed like when he presented her with the amulet episodes mm -hmm. ago, and we talked about this, it seemed like he had previously known her or something like that. But just all of a sudden, he like gave it up to her and was loyal to her. But then all of a sudden he wasn't. Like, I just, that did not work for me at all. They, they, they didn't do right by that character arc at all Vanderson, that right yeah i just i don't think that the different pieces of his arc fit together in a satisfying and meaningful way it's just yeah. like he's just there and like moves things from one place to another and i i feel like his role is to disappear so john henry can get his job you mm -hmm. know maybe but it was that that was unsatisfying to me um, a lot of the other stuff I thought was kind of cool and interesting. Like, can we talk I, about some of the bizarro-y things, the things yes. that were bizarro because yes. The, okay. So like, first of all, in Bizarro's fortress, he had the bottled city of Candor, the Krypton, the Kryptonian revival suit and a giant key. <laughs> he had like these little models of those, those things. Mm -hmm. Who was that old man, like standing guard there, like falling asleep. 
that was weird. I thought they were going to come back to him, and then they didn't. He was just yeah. in this one shot. He was and just I was there. like, what's up with that guy? I don't, I don't Maybe he wasn't supposed to be in the shot. I don't know. Okay, so why is hosting the Kevins the opposite of hosting the Oscars? Because <laughs> it's like, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Who, who, who is Oscar? I, I don't know. Oscar Academy Award. It's three names. Um, <laughs> he, I, I don't, I didn't get that. Um, also like the trips with President Seinfeld, that was amazing. But like, mm-hmm. just as a nod, because Jerry's such a huge Superman fan, but like, why is that the opposite of president? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I think Seinfeld is supposed to be like Trump because he's just like a famous person. Famous person. Okay. That would become president like kind of implausibly. And they're, they're showing that this kind of world is like that because mm-hmm. of course the opposite of our Clark and Lois and Superman would be they're famous as the right. L's and want attention and that Clark isn't a great partner and that they don't have a good relationship and that he's not a great dad. Like, I love that that was the opposite of what, because it, it, it just right. further cemented how great r- real Superman is. And they also made him be addicted to XK. Yeah, 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 yeah. They made XK like a drug thing. That was, yeah. they like just went heavy into it instead of like dancing around. Like we Mm -hmm. saw the effects. Remember, we've been wondering what are the effects of this? Like you can get addicted and it can turn you. So was that the effects of the XK of why he looked like Bizarro from the comics? Like, So I originally thought that it had something to do with passing between the dimensions because when our Clark went through, he got hit by all those things and they messed up his face, but then he healed so fast. And so I thought that unless their Bizarro Kal-El went through multiple times, it wouldn't happen. And I don't think he had actually gone through yet during all the part of the story that they showed us. So it must have been the XK that did it. But that's really messed up and dark. Yeah, (laughs) super dark. So but, so when Superman was going through, remember last time we talked when he was going through, you had this interesting theory or idea that the rock, he created like a rock shield around mm-hmm. him and that was the stuff around him. And I felt like he was like decomposing or something. It looked more like he was decomposing, but what was it that his rock shield was the thing decomposing or was it his like face that was peeling off? When Superman it, was flying through. Uh, <laughs> to me, it looked like the pieces of his rock shield, okay, which were only being held together by inertia, essentially by motion, um, were like falling individually out of their shared motion that was holding them together and hitting him okay. in the face. Okay. And then they were like making huge dents that he was just like weathering because he kept going. And then when he got to the other side, you could see the bruises and then the bruises healed up really fast. Then he healed up. Okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, okay. The WB tower was backwards. They play oh. cube pool, uh, cube, mm. cube uh, whiskey glasses. Um, at, he said hosting the, er, when he was talking to Talro about hosting the ESPYs, Talro said, Jordan Michaels is a jerk <laughs> as opposed to Michael Jordan yeah. would be at the ESPYs. Right. Um, and he says, why on square earth? And he was on the cover of persons magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, also uh, Lana as a bride where wore black and mm-hmm. bizarro cat is named crypto backwards. Right. That's all I got. Oh, also it was super upsetting seeing them fight like that, but you know, this was like, it was like kind of watching, like if we were watching like a 
serious NBC drama like mm-hmm. Parenthood or This Is Us. Like it's like they got to do right that scene that like we're never gonna see our Clark and Lois do. Um, also, too obvious, but you left out that Bizarro Talro is a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. Bizarro. <laughs> right. Oh, they loved each other as brothers. I love yeah. that. Um, also, oh, the Smallville Gazette or whatever the name of the paper. Oh, yeah, it was like it was, super successful. It was bustling with staff. Yeah. yeah, their, yeah. Why were they using 1998 Max? Like, why is was that the opposite of? Yeah, I don't know. And why does why do they live in Smallville at all if they're not the Kents? Right. That he said, no he, he, said he just wanted to switch it up or something to Talro. He, like, had, no he just didn't have an explanation. Why would this like ultra famous like sort of <laughs> Hollywood-ish family not live in Hollywood? <laughs> not live in Hollywood. Right. Or Metropolis. Yeah. I don't know a single famous person with a house in rural Kansas. I've never heard of like any nationally or internationally known celebrity who just has a house in rural Kansas. There isn't like like the way that like i don't know like you know like famous people have for, who are from texas have like g- giant ranches there yeah, there's if nothing if like if you're that. matthew mcconaughey and you're right. from texas yes you can have something near your hometown but like paul Rudd, any... for example is yeah. from kansas city yeah um and i don't know maybe he has a house in kansas city but he's not he doesn't have a house in like Hayes. <laughs> like right did he go to hyman brand hebrew academy as a young, young lad <laughs> I, I do not know Oh. I know he went to KU. Uh, and, right. So he's like he's like Kansas's favorite son. Um, there's also what's his face, uh, Daily Show guy, not Ed Helms, Jason. No, not Jason Jones. All these guys with square heads. They all kind of look the same to me. <laughs> square heads. <laughs> not not Ed Helms. Not Stephen Colbert. There's like another one. It's like a very tall, big guy. Oh, the um. Um, he's in like all the Will Ferrell movies, and yes, um, he's funny. He's re- yeah, he, it's not Patrick Warburton. That's he funny. looks like Patrick. He, he looks, looks like Patrick. Like Patrick yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that guy. I know who you're talking about. He um, also he also went to KU. Um, <laughs> he also went to KU. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, where was Lucy? Yeah, where was Lucy? I mean, I understood why the the irons is aren't in it, but like, I guess she's in our world, right? Okay, sure. Fine. But where is Bizarro Lucy? Maybe she just doesn't matter. Maybe she doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, where was Bizarro Lucy? So that was weird. Something that oh, sorry, did you have no, an no, here? just that like, of course, like you know, Lois is like, I failed you as a mother, like mm-hmm. in our world, our world in quotes, Lois would never fail. Like she would have, right. she would have things that mistakes that she made but she's not a failed mother so of course the right. opposite of that is right what a bleak bleak world yeah <laughs> um here's here's a thing that like there's an ongoing thing that annoyed me because it was in this episode but it's in, it been in other episodes before every character with no explanation automatically knows that if the two alleys were to merge, they would turn into a god and threaten humanity. I'm like, what chain of reasoning is leading you to this conclusion? How do they know that? Like, from whence do you derive this this conclusion? What is your what is your basis? How do you know? And and not only that, we know from the Irons' story that there's more than two universes. So at any time. Clark Kent could have just completely deflated Allie's entire like theological system 
by saying we and you are not two halves because there's infinite multiverses and there's like we're all just like one one's infinity million trillionth of a person if that's the way you're going to think about it so merging with one of your other selves is going to do jack and that would just completely ruin her entire thought system right it's not and it's not even like in the post-crisis universe that the show takes place it's not even like we don't talk about crisis because we it started with an alternate universe superman like that mm-hmm. is, yeah but it's felt like and i know there, there's like no um like tangible explanation for this but it to me it felt like universe was different than dimension and i know that sounds insane because like it's just another unit like it, to me it felt like this was not the bizarro world is not a earth three earth four it's not mm. a different it is some sort of alternate dimension that is the worst parts of this this realm it's like it's not a world it's a it's the it's the upside down if you watch stranger things mm-hmm. i did um so it's not like it's not like traveling to earth x or earth three that's how i felt now i don't know how to explain that to a person who's watching the show that doesn't know that that sort of undefinable difference but do you know what i mean when i'm saying like the difference between like universe and dimension yes you're talking about the difference between inverse obverse and reverse yeah i mean this is the inverse method so the inverse like society. this is you know you have one and then you have like you can fold out this way right or you can fold out this way right or you can fold out like like this way Okay, here's it. Here's it. That's what I'm sorry. The, no one can see this because this is a podcast. I'm showing you <laughs> You're folding your a hands. visual thing. Yeah. But I am turning my hands in different yeah. directions and and fold, folding them out. So it's like origami. Like if you unfold a piece of paper into quarters, if you imagine four squares next to each other making a larger square, and you say that the top left square is the first one, the one of those is the inverse of that. One is the obverse of that or one is the reverse of that. And then the, there's the, also the other side of the paper. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that the bizarre world is like the other side of the paper. Correct, correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. That was an amazing explanation. I love that. That's exactly what I'm saying. And the, I mean, and they say, you know, they call it the inverse. And so, you know what it's like if you're a CW watcher, then you'll get this. It, it's like the mirror universe in, or the mirror whatever in Flash. Mm-hmm. It's not a earth. It's not a place you can go visit. Um, mm. There isn't another, it's it's not, yeah. It's so that's that's how I saw it. I mean, in the, like okay. when they were there, all the words were backwards, but like they were still talking like. It, it, well, it was just like he used his incredible linguistic skills to immediately. Yeah, speak. how did Superman figure out how to speak backwards? Well, I mean, he speaks perfect Mandarin and he speaks Korean. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, he just he just like figured out how to talk backwards. Um, because otherwise they would have been saying instead of like, you know, what on square earth, I kind of wondered if someone was gonna say a tray. Yeah, a tray. But they you know, yeah. they never they they kept translating everything for us. Right. So we didn't get to hear a tray. But yeah, exactly yeah, that's all right. But that was mm-hmm. that was I love that about Superman. Like, yeah, well, of course, in the way that he like read it can you know, he's he's probably read the dictionary before at super speed anathesaurus and any he just probably can see words visually and letters visually so he just changed it in his mind 
yeah, that was plausible to me. It was like a thing he can do. I was fine with that. There's a um, there's a Twitter handle I follow that I like. Uh, I think it's called Talking Superman and Adam T- Talking Superman, maybe. Um, and he asked a question out there. Do you prefer Superman to have higher intelligence or just a, or not? And the way I interpreted at not was an ability to do things faster and more efficiently and absorb and retain knowledge. But do you, so which one, which one do you prefer? Like that is Kryptonian-ness, the, the Earth's Yellow Sun also somehow enhanced his brain and made him smarter. more intelligent or do you just like that he can do things like he can read a thousand books in a day you know the latter i don't think superman is more intelligent than the average person but he is he does have super speed right and he's also disciplined that's my preference too like he's not smarter mm -hmm. than batman right no but if he needs if you need him to do research on something he can learn that thing extremely quickly and then be knowledge there's like a difference between intelligence and and being knowledgeable right right Right. he's very knowledgeable and like learnable like you like and he's 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 intel he's as intelligent as any like good reporter needs to be which is like he can make solid connections he can figure things out but like he's not going to solve the riddler stuff you know like he's gonna be kind of needing some help right, on that, right? And that's that's why it makes sense when he goes to Batman, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. Um, and yeah, but I think I think that's how I interpreted that that he like kind of he said something backwards and he thought for a second and then fixed it. You know, that was just kind of cool. Whew. What else? Anything else? I mean, the one thing about the translation or the decision to make everything backwards, and we've talked about this already. But it just means that they're not doing the like funny bizarre speech, right? Right. And that means that we didn't um, we didn't get to hear anyone say like us do opposite on bizarro world. Me and bad is crime is crime to make we love ugliness. Yeah. Us love ugliness is crime to make anything pretty on bizarro world. Like <laughs> um, you know, and that's fine. It's fine. I like think that it's cool to keep coming up with new versions of yeah. this concept yeah. and they gave us before, the cube man they gave us yeah the cube as i there. said before it's just like they gave us the cube so really it doesn't matter like without the cube maybe i would have been like yeah this was a solid seven you know maybe an eight if i'm being generous but it doesn't matter because there was a cube planet in it so now it's a 10 i and you know i you know part of it is like it's funny to us and that's why we're so you were enjoying it and why get you out of 10 because it's like but to me it actually I actually appreciate it even on another level because it shows that and we've talked about this before that the writers do care about the comics they care about pleasing the the loyal fans of Superman in but not um not compromising the way the style of the show like like someone in that room i i I don't know maybe it's like could we do the cube planet and like (laughs) maybe three of them were like no way man come on you know and someone was like wait let's let's just is there a way let's first ask the question is there a way and then they figured it out because the show is good i don't know it just like shows that they they care about it. I, I feel seen, you know, <laughs> as a Superman. The laws of physics should not be an obstacle to giving us a cube planet. <laughs> You're right. 
yeah, it was. Um, so I think we have four, five episodes left. Okay. It seems like th- it kind of felt like this was the penultimate episode and like, mm-hmm. but I don't, I guess not. I mean, you know, Allie was merging, whatever that meant. And mm-hmm. I guess we'll, I'm glad we got to see Bizarro again. Cause yeah, I was, too. I was sad about that. Yeah. Although he wasn't, he wasn't super bizarro in this. He was just like a sad, failed version of Superman, which I guess is classical bizarro in a way, but this is just different. I bet the whole cast had a ball filming this. Yeah. Like, first of all, Tyler got to play so many different things. Uh, um, Bitsy got to do that super intense acting thing that she clearly loves doing. Mm-hmm. You know, the crying and the, the yelling and the <laughs> you know what was funny was Jordan was the same. <laughs> and so I was thinking like Jordan just kind of got a break on this one. He didn't have to do yeah. it. He just got to be he wasn't he did have to do some crying. He, he was did have the, to cry a little bit. A little like bit. that was that was the same. But he wasn't the opposite of himself. He was just a, yeah. a sadder, quieter version of himself. <laughs> yeah. He was like a more emo version of himself, <laughs> who probably was listening to Morrissey. You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, Jonathan obviously got to be a little super. So I, I you know, I, you know, I was like happy for the cast that they got to mm-hmm. have some fun with this one. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was good. Anything else? Uh, don't think so. All right. Well, until next time. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Henry. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Our theme was composed and performed by Sam Bernstein. You can tweet us at SupermanPalsPod. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another thrilling adventure of Superman and Lois and Pals. Pals.